0: Photo album number one opens not with baby Frederica in the delivery room or in the arms of a relative, but with me, aged ten days, in a group photo of the entire 1960-61 to 61 population of Griggs Hall. A competent girl with a dark flip and a wide headband, most likely a senior, is holding me up to the camera. My eyes are closed and I seem to be in the wind-up for a howl. My mother stands in the back row, a little apart from the girls, but smiling so fondly at the camera that I know my father was behind it. David Hatch would be a role model before the phrase was on the tip of every talk show hostess's tongue. He paraded me in the big English perambulator, a joint gift from the psych and social departments, along the ribbons of a sidewalk that crisscrossed the smallish residential campus, or carried me against his chest in a homemade sling, which my mother modeled on cloths observed during her field work in a primitive agrarian society." In public, at the dining hall, he spooned me baby food from jars, switching off with my mother. She nursed, he fed, causing quite the stir those many decades ago. He was a man ahead of his time, and the adolescents, his grad school concentration, noticed. My mother predicted that doing grads, especially Griggs alums, would blame us when their future husbands didn't stack up to Professor Housefather Hatch, the most equal of partners.' We lived our fishbowl lives in three-and-a-half wallpapered rooms furnished with overstuffed chairs and antique Persian rugs, the legacy of a predecessor who had died intestate. We had a beige half-kitchen with a two-burner stove, a pink-tiled bathroom, a fake fireplace, and a baby grand piano, which the college tuned annually at its own expense, presumably in the name of sing-alongs and caroling. The nursery was a converted utility closet with a crib, later a cot. When I was seven, my parents petitioned the college to enlarge our quarters by incorporating a portion of Griggs Hall's living room into our apartment. Noting my birth date, they asked the college to consider fashioning Miss Frederica Hatch, the unofficial mascot of Griggs Hall, a real bedroom. It was, after all, her sabbatical year. The board of trustees said yes to the renovation. Griggs Hall had become the most popular dorm on campus, despite its architectural blandness and its broken dryers. The Hatch family had worked out beautifully. More married couples had become dorm parents. Some had babies, surely for their own reasons, but also after I was a proven draw. When I went to college in the late 1970s, to a bucolic campus where dogs attended classes with their professor masters, I noted that these chocolate labs and golden retrievers were the objects of great student affection, supplying something that was missing for the homesick and the lovesick. The dogs reminded me of me. I was a reasonable and polite child, if one thoroughly conscious of her own model childness. Because I needed to be the center of attention, the only state I'd ever known, I developed modest tricks that put me in the spotlight without having to sing or tap dance or raise my voice. I ate beets, Brussels sprouts, and calf's liver. I drank white milk, spurning the chocolate that was offered. I carried a book at all times, usually something recognized by these C-plus students as hard, literary, advanced for my years. I drew quietly with colored pencils during dorm meetings. I mastered the poker face when it came to tasting oddball salad bar combinations, cottage cheese and ketchup, peanut butter on romaine, favored by adolescent girls so that I'd appear worldly and adventurous. Over the years, certain objects and rituals became synonymous with me. The wicker basket with its gingham lining in which the infant me attended classes. A ragged blanket that my psychologically astute parents let me drag everywhere until it dissolved the lone swing that my father hung from the sturdiest red maple on campus. First a pink tricycle, then a pink two-wheeler, its handlebars sprouting streamers, which I garaged on the porch of Griggs Hall, no lock needed. I didn't exactly raise myself, especially with five floors of honorary sisters living above me at all times, but there was the omnipresent ID card around my neck granting me entrance to all buildings and all meals, with or without a parent. "'Aviva and David were busy with their classes, "'their advisees, and, increasingly, their causes. "'Assassinations at home and wars abroad "'necessitated their boarding buses for marches in capital cities, "'but babysitters were plentiful. "'I was safe at doing, always, and good with strangers. "'Tall, spiked, wrought-iron fencing surrounded our sixteen acres, "'a relic from the days of curfews and virginity. "'Between seventh and eighth grade, I grew tall,' Incoming freshmen took me for a baby faced classmate, which was, to me, a distressing development. I had no intention of blending in, I wanted to be who I'd become.